There is an awakening that occurs when you find where you belong. We are the army rising up, the wild ones, outspoken for the sake of the one who spoke life into us. We are the spark that ignites a flame, called and therefore qualified, empowered to create atmospheres. So breathe in. Is there still an American youth who can arise and turn the tide of history in America to raise up an answer to the rebellion? We need another kind of a revolution. Now it's our time. We are the face of a generation ready to rise up. We're strong, the tip of the iceberg, standing on the shoulders of those that pave the way. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution. Amen. Like Brandon said, my name is Taylor Vogelsang, and I, thank you. I'm a teacher in Rantoul. Um, I teach second grade, and I've been in Revolution since I was in sixth grade, and um, graduated my senior year, went to college, and then came back as a leader, and have the honor of speaking to you guys today. I'm really excited about this message series and um, everything that I've learned about gratefulness and thankfulness in the midst of um, trials and hardships. So today I'm talking about Being grateful, being thankful in the midst of when your circumstances are hurting your wellness and your health. So um, I actually, my sophomore year of high school, I started kind of going through my normal high school days and then um, throughout my sophomore year, I started like noticing that I had a lot of pain in my stomach. Um, I couldn't do the activities as well as I used to be um, doing. So I played soccer and I was on color guard and I kind of was struggling with that and noticing I had a lot of pain. I wasn't really eating, um, which was a big sign of something was wrong. So I went to the doctor and had some tests done. And I remember walking in with my mom to the doctor's office and sitting there and waiting for the results. And the doctor was explaining that I had ulcers in my stomach from stress. And so he gave me some medicine. He was like, that'll clear up really quickly. Um, You're fine. But he then went on to say, you know, I ran another test because of your background, because of your family history. Um, Crohn's disease runs in my family. My dad has it, and it's a generational disease. So it can be passed on um, from one family member to another. Um, like from dad to, or a mom to a kid. And so he was explaining that he ran this test. And Crohn's disease is a disease um, that oftentimes affects your stomach, but it can be any part of your digestive system. And so it creates flare-ups, it creates pain um, in the way that you digest your food, and then it can lead, lead to other problems like um, surgeries and significant other things. And so... The doctor's explaining, he ran this test, and he said, you know, I did. I found active disease in your small intestines. And in this moment, I started to remember the past year. And I remembered 
Um, walking through the past year with my dad in and out of the hospital. He had been in and out of the hospital for months at a time. He had major surgeries, major complications and issues going on in his life, and some really scary moments with my family. And so I just walked through this with my dad. Miraculously, he was still with us and um, feeling better and healing, but I just watched him do this with this disease, and then the doctor's telling me I have the same disease. That, that fear and that overwhelming feeling of what that would mean for the rest of my life began to sink in, because this is a disease that doesn't have a cure. Um, it affects a lot of different parts of my life, um, and so it just it began to hit me, and I just began to, my like eyes began to tear up as I was trying to keep it together in front of the doctor. And um, it was overwhelming. I don't know if any of you have been, I'm sure you have, been through a time like this where just fear has overwhelmed you of what um, your circumstance might mean. Something that's out of your control that you have no control over and the overwhelming feeling of what that is um, has impacted your life. Maybe for you, it's been apparent um, divorce or um, a health issue, or even friends leaving and not wanting to be your friend anymore, um, or a parent in um, jail or, or not around anymore. So I, um, in this moment, remembered that God didn't give this disease to me. He didn't give me the disease to teach me something or to learn from or grow from, because God is good. He's good all the time. And there's actually an enemy that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And so um, in this moment, I remember that God didn't give me this disease, but that he is fighting for me and that he wants my um, best. He wants me to be well and to be whole. And so we find this in Isaiah 53, 1 through 6. And Isaiah is a prophet, and in this chapter, he's prophesying. And prophesying just means that you're telling um, what's going to happen in the future, and God's telling it to the prophet, and he's telling um, us in the Bible. And so he's explaining that Jesus is going to come in his strength and in his power in the New Testament, and that the world is going to look at Jesus like he's not strong and he's not powerful, but he's actually going to take on our pain and our suffering. He's going to make it his own. He's going to die on the cross for us, and then we're going to be healed with him. So let's go ahead and read chapter 53, 1 through 6. It says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the Lord, arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low self-esteem. And then verse four, this is the um, important part. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, 
Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So today I have a really cool illustration of what this means because there are a lot of big words that sometimes you can get lost in. And so water bottles are designed in a really unique way because they're designed to actually reveal the thing that is inside of them. So they have this amazing liquid that we all need to survive. And when you're in the grocery store and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I'm really thirsty, you want to buy the water bottle and the water that's inside of it because it shows you what's inside. And just like water reveals what's inside of it, we are designed and made in a way that we reveal how... um, we were designed in our purpose. So we were designed to show and reveal the spirit of God that lives inside of us. This is how we were made, just like this. And so we were, when we were made, we reveal God and our purpose is to show um, who God is. And then in the garden, um, Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan and sin and junk entered the world and entered who we were and distorted and um, twisted our image like this. And so we no longer revealed God inside of us, but now we reveal um, the sin and the pain and the suffering that's entered the world. And so God sent his son, he sent Jesus, full of his power and, and his spirit, he sent Jesus to the world, and he came, and he um, took on our pain. He took on our suffering, and he died on the cross for that, and he actually took it on himself like this, and he bore, just like an Isaiah said, he bore our pain and our suffering and our sins. all of it, and he took it on the cross, and he died for our sins, and then he was buried, and the really cool thing is that he didn't just die for our sins, but then he was raised again, and he was made whole, and his identity was restored to its original design, and so we also died with him on the cross, so then when he um, rose again, he breathed life into us. And he poured out his spirit on us so that we were back to our original design, our original purpose. And we reflect Jesus now. All right, so we reflect Jesus. We look like him, and we have his spirit living inside of us. And this is just a cool illustration of what Isaiah 53 is talking about. Um. So Jesus made our pain and our suffering his own. He took the sting out of the things that were sent to harm me. And the interesting thing about this is that Jesus didn't need to die on the cross to take away our sins. We actually had a solution for that. Um, You would 
sacrifice a lamb and then you would be forgiven of your sins. So why Jesus came to die and be raised again is that he wanted to restore the original purpose and design that we were. And he wanted to be in relationship with us and make us righteous um, and carry the things that were sent to harm us and um, put them in the grave and leave them there. Um, So being thankful, though, in the moments of pain and in the moments of suffering is really difficult. Um, It's hard to be thankful when you're going through suffering, when you're going through um, something like disease or um, a parent's divorce or whatever that circumstance is for you. But it's important to practice being thankful in those small moments, in the moments where it's hard, but you focus on what God's done for you and the goodness of God and what God's done in the past, his provision. And just like building muscle in the gym, when you go to the, mus- or go to the gym and you want to bulk up your muscles, you pick, you pick um, weights that are, are heavy and are strong. And you might not be able to do a lot of lifting with it, but you do like three reps. And the third one is always the hardest one, but it's also the one that builds the most muscle and, and does the most. And just like being thankful, when you're thankful in difficult circumstances, the hardest moment of being thankful grows you the most. Um, in Habakkuk chapter 3, he, Habakkuk is another prophet, and he's writing in a time and, um, for suffering of his people. And he's giving, in this chapter, he's giving honor, and he's giving glory to God, and he's declaring specific things that God's done in the past as he's crying out for the suffering that's happening. And he's reminding himself of what God's done and who God is and building his confidence in him. And then in Verses 17 through 19, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fail, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes me makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So this is a cool picture Habakkuk is painting of um, trials and sufferings that he's facing and that God's walking um, with us in the midst of those difficult moments and helping us um, in his strength and dancing in the face of trials and major hardships. When we face trials, God's majesty and his power are not diminished. So instead of saying things like, if God's so great and he's so powerful, why am I going through this hard time? Why do I have this disease? Why am I um, facing this? Instead, we can say, I know you're strong and you're a mighty God. And in the midst of these trials, in the face of these trials, I'm going to rejoice in who I know you are. Um, So... uh, It's been 12 years since I was diagnosed with this disease and sitting there in the doctor's office. And about two years ago, um, I was starting to have a lot more pain and a lot more um, going on symptom-wise for this disease. And I um, was having frequent flare-ups, so basically like my stomach would be in a lot of pain and I wasn't eating a lot again. Um, And so... I went into the doctor's office again, and they ran more tests and procedures to kind of figure out what was going on. And the doctor, I'm sitting with the doctor, and he's explaining that 
they found um, basically like a a big wad of whatever in my um, intestines, and it was basically blocking most of the um, passage, and so making it really painful to eat and making it painful just to live life and do um, life. And so he said, you know, I think it would be best if we took that out, if um, we had, we gave you surgery and just took it out. And I'm sitting there in another doctor's office and hearing another, um, more bad news about this disease. And... In that moment, I, my worst fear of what this disease would mean for my life was coming true. I was going to have to have surgery, and that freaked me out. Um, it was the one thing that I didn't ever want to happen. Um, I was like, I can face needles, I can face some pain, I can face going in and out of the ER, but this I don't want to do. And so in the midst of being scared and being fearful of what this would mean, I turned to God and his goodness and who he is for me. And I, I knew that he didn't give this to me to grow me or to teach me something. This was not sent from God. This was um, the enemy trying to steal something. And so instead of focusing on that, instead of kind of giving myself a, a pity party and being upset, um, I decided to look at God and what he was going to do in the midst of this really hard time and look at his goodness and um, just basically like having lots of moments of just being like, God, I don't know if I can go through this. I don't know how I'm going to like do this and it's scary, but I trust you and I know that you're good. So I know that in this moment, like, you're going to walk through through this with me. And he did. And um, I had an incredible surgeon. I had incredible people surrounding me at this time who um, prayed for me and showed up in the hospital for me. And, sorry. <laughs> um, so in the midst of that, in the midst of the ups and in the downs. God walked with me through it. And um, there was a moment in the hospital where I'd just gotten um, done with my surgery. And I was in my hospital gown. We had to, like, take the... Um, I had to start to recover and to be able to walk. Because when you go through surgery, like, your body doesn't work the same way that it did before. And you have to rebuild all of those muscles, and I had stitches on. And so the doctors came in, they're like, are you ready to walk? And I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to recover quickly. Like, the more that you move after surgery, the more that you're, like, the faster your recovery goes. So I was like, I'm doing it. So I get up, and I just start moving, and I realize that I'm moving a little bit too quickly for my body, and thinking that I can just, like, power through it, and I start to get, like, spots and speckles in front of my eyes, and it's never happened before to me, and I just go black and fall in front of all of the nurses and all of the doctors and all of the patients on the floor. And in that moment, I just was like, well, that's this is great. But in the midst of being in the hospital, in the midst of this time and this disease, I looked at what God was doing and how he was walking alongside with me. And it ended up not being as scary or as painful as I thought it would be. And I'm thankful for um, the ways that he fought my battles and that he went before me in this. 
And I look back at the moments that have um, that have been through with this disease and how God has always been fighting for my good and always been there with me and been my strength in the midst of the hard circumstances. In the times that I've asked, why me? Why is this happening? Can I really make it through this? I've turned to Jesus and for his help and his strength um, and literally cried out to him for um, his strength in those times and been able to be thankful for the good things that he has done for me in the midst of that and relied on his strength because he brings peace and he fights for me and he brings strength and he wants us to be healthy and he wants us to be well and holding on to that truth um, has been the thing that has helped me like keep pushing forward through this. So I get to walk in the truth of that. I get to walk in the truth that I know that he wants me to be well and he wants me to be healthy and that this disease isn't from him. And so that's my encouragement to you is that in the midst of your circumstances, whatever those were, that are hurting you or hurting your family um, and are hurting the health and the wellness that you have, he's fighting for you, and he can be your strength, and he can be your peace in the midst of those, because he's a good father, and he doesn't want you to go through those painful moments, but when you do, he's walking alongside you, and he's working those things out for your good. And so I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up with prayer and pray for you guys, and then um, I have some discussion questions about those circumstances in your life. And I just encourage you to be vulnerable with the people who are sitting at your table and to talk through what's happening in your life and where you can see God and his goodness in those moments. So let's go ahead and pray. God, I just thank you so much for um, today and for um, what you're doing in our lives and your strength and your peace. Lord, I thank you that you go before us and you fight the battles that um, are difficult and that we can't fight on our own. And so, God, we just pray for your strength and your peace in the midst of those circumstances. In your name, amen. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution.